talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And welcome and thank you as always for joining us. Got just a terrific show for you today. If you want to call us, we're at 877-474-3302. Many ways you can reach us. Mark and Marsha at Gmail, Mark and Marsha at Twitter, Marsha Collier at Twitter, and Marsha, welcome. And if you're tweeting on Twitter, please hash mark your tweets, Tech Radio, so it'll come up in everybody's stream so we can all share in the conversation. How you doing, Mark? I am great. Got a uh, just a great show, uh, and I want to get right to Ed because I'm very excited to have him on the show, and he's got this fantastic baseball uh, DVD collection. Uh, and, Marsha, you have a background in Major League Baseball, so this should Yeah, be and I have one important question for our guest. All right, well, first, let me <laughs> as welcome soon as to the we show get him on. legendary broadcaster Ed Randall. Ed, thank you, and uh, we're delighted to have you on the show. Mark, Marsha, it's my honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Oh, well, our pleasure. Let me tell you a little bit about Ed, and then, Marsha, I'm going to let you ask your question. Uh, Ed has uh, been on New York's WFAN AM on Sirius Radio, XM with uh, Major League Baseball Home Plate Channel, hosted television shows, been involved in baseball and broadcasting for a long, long time. And, uh, Ed, I have to tell you that I started as a kid as a sportscaster at KHJ Radio in Los Angeles with a guy by the name of Mal Alberts. And I don't even know if you would know that name. This is, you know, I hate to say how many years ago it was. And, <laughs> you know, and when I was a kid, I got to interview Joe DiMaggio, which I know he's one of the people that wow. you did. And it was, you know, it was such a, just a, he, that was long after his baseball days and it was kind of more into his Mr. Coffee days. For those of right. us who remember him as that. And it's just a, a thrill. So I can imagine what a spectacular time you've had in your career interviewing some of these people. I've just been uh, so lucky. Uh, one of those people that uh, does what he loves. And uh, I got into the broadcasting business. The flip answer is I had to get into the broadcasting business. And I say, well, I didn't want to work for a living. Yeah, right. uh, of course, now, we know much differently, the three of us, that it's, it's much more uh, complex than that. But uh, I've had this uh, ridiculous love for baseball all my life. I thought that after I'd reach a certain age that it would abate, and in fact, it's only gotten worse. And uh, I started uh, I started doing this television show in public access uh, television in White Plains, New York, outside Manhattan in suburban uh, Westchester County, and it really became a Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland sort of thing. Hey, let's make a movie. <laughs> hey, let's right. do a baseball show. Uh, at the time, I was working for ESPN. Is there? It is in the 1980s. About 1986 or so, 25 years ago, I was working as the New York reporter for ESPN, a much, much, much different ESPN than uh, we watch today, of course. And uh, I used to occasionally go up there and do some offline editing. And uh, the guy who was the technician there uh, was a big baseball fan, and we would always talk baseball. And so he goes, hey, let's do a show. And so, uh, and so we did uh, with three cameras. No camera people. The the uh, the idea of doing it in public access, I say, uh, gives the First Amendment a bad name uh, because yeah. you could walk in and just demand time. And and uh, truth be told, and now I'm I'm probably going to get arrested for saying this. I wasn't even a uh, I wasn't even a resident of Westchester County at the uh -oh. time. Uh, yeah, my cameraman, who I used to go out and do stories with, my EMG guy, I used his address in Scarsdale. 
And so anyway, long story short, uh, we did a bunch of shows up there, and I would bring in, uh, I'd go downtown when they came into town to play the Mets, and I'd bring Tony Gwynn in, and I'd bring Steve Sachs in, and I'd bring in Steve Boros, may he rest in peace, who's now the manager of the, uh, who was the manager at the time of the Oakland A's, and Bobby Valentine, and all these people. And then I would drive them either back to the hotel, or to the ball, or, or to the ballpark, depending on the time. I would open up the trunk of my car, and the lovely parting gifts, as Carol, as I used to say, with Carol, my right. and Carol Merrill was, uh, all right. Well, I have wine, I have Volpolicella, and I have Bartolino from Bola. Your choice, and that was what they got for doing the show. Oh, and then, goodness. after about a year or so, I made the determination that I could take this commercially because nobody was doing just baseball. And nobody was doing baseball 12 months a year, and that was, that's when I made the commercial transition to uh, to doing it at HBO Studios in Manhattan. And on April 1st, 1988, Paul Molitor, may God bless him forever, who I did not know at that moment, walked into the studios at HBO and became show number one of what was to become 530 shows. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Now, Marsha, you, uh, and I have to say, Marsha worked uh, early right, no, in let the me, day. Let me just... Well, you want to give... Yeah, yeah. Let me just say this. I was general manager of the L.A. Dodgers, Dodger Blue newspapers in the 80s, mm-hmm. the early 80s. And I have to ask you, because I know the name of your DVD sets called Talkin' Baseball. And I remember a man called Terry Cashman who uh, used to do a bunch of songs. Do you remember Talkin' Baseball? He did them for oh, different... Right. Yeah. And my, and my Terry Cashman story is that, and I, I've known uh, him for years, and... Uh, He's a New York guy, and so when we got ready to take the show commercially, Marsha, I called Terry, and I said, is it okay with you if I use the, the title Talking Baseball? Yeah. And Because it is public domain. Uh, right. If people say, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, I wish you just sitting around talking baseball. However, just to make absolutely sure, I called Terry, and I said, uh, we, well, I'm going to do a show called Ed Randall's Talking Baseball, and he said... Uh, Perfectly fine with me. Just don't hum the song. <laughs> oh, I thought it would have made a great intro. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, all right. So and he became one. He became one of my 530 guests, and uh, he is a friend uh, to this day. But uh, we decided not to hum the song at any at any time ever. Wow. Now I want to. You know, I want some stories from you, but let's talk first a little bit about this. The DVD set. You've got 13 DVD collections, which are interviews with individual players uh, from different teams. So t- tell us a little bit about the DVD set. Yeah, well, uh, here to just give people a sense of what the format is like, um, it's, uh, it was me and a guest uh, over, four, over a period of about 14 years, from 1988 through 2002, and uh, we would shoot five shows in three and a half hours, if you can believe it, mm. um, where if I had a chance to, sh- to change a shirt tie, it was miraculous, because I just had them coming and going. Oh, my gosh. Uh, five shows in three and a half hours at uh, HBO Studios in Manhattan. It really was the definition of 10 pounds in the five-pound bag. And uh, they would come in, and we would sit down and mic them up. And uh, it was just a conversation. Uh, it was uh, like I like to believe it was like Charlie Rose, uh, a- an intelligent conversation with a beginning, a middle, and an end. No audience. No throwing of chairs, no violence, yeah. um, and a ho- and, and here's a throwback: a host who listens, and 
it, it was just amazing the number of people that we would have come through. And uh, we would do the show year-round. So there were occasions where we shot the show, I can remember vividly, shooting on December 30th on New Year's Eve. And then when we had the uh, nuclear winter of 1994 begin on August 11th of that year when baseball ended and we had the cancellation of the World Series, something that we had never had before, we continued to shoot. Hmm. And uh, we shot through 94 in, into 95 when uh, when Judge Sotomayor, now on the Supreme Court, ruled that uh, major league owners could not use substitute players, replacement players, that they had to settle, that, that they had to get this thing settled. And that's when the players returned in early 1995. And I can remember vividly, guys, going to spring training. And talking with Mike Hargrove, who at the time was the manager of the Cleveland Indians. And Mike said to me, you know, it was just a horrible winter and it was depressing. And the only place I could find baseball, real baseball, not talk about the strike, was your show. Uh, we, I own the show, so uh, I did everything. I bought the time. I had to pay uh, the studio costs at HBO, hence why we shot so many shows so quickly. Uh, I did everything. I syndicated the show to 22 at its height, to 22 regional sports networks all around the country. We were in, uh, we were on what's called Prime Ticket, uh, one of the great regional sports networks in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, we were all over the country. Michael Jordan told me that he used to watch the show on, wow. uh, on Sports Vision in Chicago. So I did everything. So the intent here was uh, to be able to get these people to come in sit down and tell stories and we have just a multitude of stories through the uh, through the dvd sets and uh, uh, honestly of all the things i've ever done uh this is the proudest work of my life yeah i mean you've got some amazing things on here i mean i see you know I, i've been a, as marcia has a los angeles dodger fan so i see you've got maury wills and dusty baker and frank howard and ralph branca uh and then uh i mean the, well the, i mean he's also got like del Cran randall crandall crandall, who, del crandall yeah right del crandall who i know you have on your dvd with another team but i remember del from dodger town right i'm and, yeah, this, uh, and, and and at the time marcia um I really got to know Dell years before I got started uh, doing the television show in the late 80s because I spent seven years in minor league baseball. And Dell was the manager of the, uh, uh, of the Albuquerque Ball Club, uh, which was right. at that time the Dodgers' top farm club. The right, right, right. That's when I got to meet Dell. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at some of these, um, and when we come back, I want, I want Mark, to share. And Mark, you know, the deal is baseball is really a family, and and oh, even yeah. though you know, or, or at least in the heyday of baseball, um, I don't know how it is now, but the days that that we're talking about here, really, this is when baseball meant something seriously. Ed Stock, you know, we're talking about when people were really fans, when people weren't getting beaten up in the stadiums, where you could go to a Chicago Cubs game in the middle of the day and the guys were wearing suits because they were leaving their offices. Right, exactly. It was a whole different Time, way. Times are definitely different. And I have to tell you, Ed, we got to go to break in a sec, so I want to uh, talk when we come back. But uh, I had a great opportunity. I see you on two, for two different teams, you interviewed Sparky Anderson, and I had the great thrill of broadcasting one inning of an Angel game about six, seven years ago uh, with Sparky Anderson. And I didn't do much but just be in awe of Sparky because he was quite a guy. It is quite a guy, you know, and uh, some great stuff. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk some more about uh, Ed Randall's Talking Baseball and we'll get some stories. And also I want to get Ed's take. 
take on what's going on with the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, what you know? What do you think about uh, aye, talking aye, about some aye. horrible things going on? Uh, Marsha's got a guest. I'm leaving early today, but Marsha's got a great guest for you on the 1:30 segment. We'll talk about when we come back. Don't go away. This is Marsha Collier, and I'm along with Mark Cohen, and we're on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in internet talk. You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Save your cash while increasing your sales. Every business knows cash is king. Quit paying out your cash while maintaining all the services you need. At the same time, increase sales with new customers. Sound too good to be true? It's not. WS Radio has done it using traditional business practices. We will even give you $250 in services just to give it a try. Log on to wsradio.com forward slash barter. That's wsradio.com forward slash barter. Love to read but just don't have the time? With audible.com, you can catch up on reading simply by listening. Audible has the largest collection of digital audiobooks, over 85,000 titles in every genre. Listen to a bestseller on your iPhone, BlackBerry, Android smartphone, or one of 500 other compatible devices. Visit audible.com slash wsradio today and get a free audiobook when you try Audible free for 14 days. That's audible.com slash wsradio. You know, selling online can be a challenge, but thanks to Dymo Indicia, shipping isn't. With Dymo Indicia, you can print prepaid U.S. Postal Service shipping labels directly from your Mac or PC. By eliminating your trip to the post office, Dymo Indicia lets you focus on finding, listing, and selling your products. My friends can save hundreds of dollars on a Dymo Indicia postage solution by visiting endicia.com slash cool eBay tools. Dymo Indicia is the leading internet postage provider with over $5 billion of postage printed. Indicia is integrated into over 100 third-party applications, which makes your inventory management easy. You get access to discounted delivery and signature confirmation, discounted parcel insurance, and hidden stealth postage. Shipping internationally? With Dymo Indicia, you can also print a first-class international shipping label. Dymo Indicia is the smart way to get it done. Visit endicia.com slash cool eBay tools. For the past decade, I've been recommending Kingston for all your drive and memory need. And each year, they never fail to impress me. If you've never used an SSD before, the V-Series might just be the ticket. Let's say you've had that computer for a few years and it's starting to run a little slow. If you're not ready to replace it, Kingston's SSD, now V-Series solid-state drive, can kickstart that old system and make it feel like new. It'll improve performance as boot and shutdown times are reduced and programs open and close faster. In general, the system is snappier. It's like breathing new life into an existing system. If you own a desktop, the 30-gig Kingston V-Series SSD is the perfect companion to that hard drive you have with all that music and movie. Put the operating system on the SSD and keep the data where it's at. Sit back and watch your old desktop operate faster. There's a capacity and a model for everyone wanting to upgrade from a traditional hard drive to a solid-state drive. Check out the Kingston SSD Now V-Series. SSD at www.kingston.com. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. 
877-474-3302. We're speaking with great uh, legendary broadcaster uh, Ed Randall, who has a t- new DVD collection called Talking Baseball. And Marcia, did you want to? You were about to say something? No, no, I couldn't oh. hear you. Oh, <laughs> so well, I'm, well, uh, I was going to jump in in case we had dead air. What can oh, I say? okay, no, we're good. <laughs> uh, Ed, so uh, let's talk a little bit about. Um, g- give us your favorite stories. Wow. Um, Probably, uh, well, there, there were just so many uh, that uh, smash into each other in my head. Just, uh, just a couple of three. Uh, the great Eddie Murray, who had uh, played at Baltimore at first base, one of the great, great players in the game, and now a Hall of Famer after 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. Right. Late in his career, came to the New York Mets. And Eddie Murray uh, went about his business without talking to the press. Ever. Ever. Yeah. I can't remember and that, so yeah. I decided to take it upon myself to change that. So I went up to him at his locker one day, and I introduced myself, and he glared at me. <laughs> and I said, um, Eddie, I do this little all-in-color talk show <laughs> uh, called Ed Randall's Talking Baseball. And uh, I'd like you to come on the show. And I came back the next day to Shea Stadium where the Mets were playing at the time, and I handed him a letter. And I said, I hear that you are one of the greatest guys in the game. Everybody loves you, Eddie. Everybody respects you. And I'd like you to read this letter. And I'll tell you what. I've been in the I've been in the broadcast business now for uh, however many years it was at that time, maybe about 20 years. I said, check me out, Eddie. Do what you have to do. Talk to guys in this room. Because I'm here all the time as a reporter. I live at the ballpark, okay? Do what you need to do. Talk to your talk to your guys here. Talk to guys on other teams. Bring up the name Ed Randall. If any one of those guys tell you that I'm bad news, <laughs> then you can tell me what to do with my letter and what to do with my television show. So apparently he did. Not only did he come and do the show, I didn't have to send a limousine for him uh, into Manhattan. He came on his own. He had such a delightful time that he said to me on the air at the end of the show, I'd be happy to do this again. We now maintain a terrific relationship. And that is uh, when I look at 530 half hours and and had the great good fortune to have Ted Williams and, and just the gods of the game, Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford and on and on. I am so proud of that Ted of that Eddie Murray interview. I was the first guy he gave an interview to yeah. in ten years, and I told him, Eddie, look, you can't hold me responsible for the sins of others. We've never met. Logically, this doesn't make any sense. Really, it's mano a mano. It's you and me. Give me a chance here. Yeah. So I'm very, very proud of of having that of having that opportunity. And what a great baseball player he was, no, no question. Oh my goodness, just uh, just absolutely uh, tremendous. And as I said, I stay in touch with Eddie and with Janice in, in uh, Los Angeles, and he's just been uh, he's just been most kind to me. And if I could just take another moment, if you don't sure, mind, to just uh, to, uh, just to tell you the, the Ted Williams story, which is kind of amazing. Uh, our sponsor, our title sponsor, was a baseball card company that was just becoming prominent in the early nineties, called Upper Deck. They're uh, down the road in uh, Carlsbad. And uh, it's an incredible story how I wound up with getting them, but I got them. And so they had Ted Williams doing uh, endorsements for them. 
And uh, and at the time, they decided, Upper Deck did, that they were going to revive old-timers games all through baseball. Not just uh, the old-timers day has always been a very big deal here in New York, but uh, not as much so everywhere. But the part of their commitment to Major League Baseball as a licensee was that they were going to do uh, – these uh, old-timers games. So they were, in 1991, uh, the Boston Red Sox were having an old-timers day, and it happened to be, in 1991, the 50th anniversary of Ted hitting 406, mm. as well as the 50th anniversary of Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. Both were invited to Fenway Park. And after the uh, after the old timers game was played and the regularly scheduled Boston Red Sox game was played, uh, Mrs. Yawkey, uh, the Yawkey still owned the ball club at the time, was having a dinner, and for some incredible reason, I got in- I got invited. And I am sitting at the dinner. Uh, I had been doing interviews on the field uh, prior to the game with uh, that we would roll in as inserts, as bumpers going in and out of commercial. So I had interviewed a bunch of Boston Red Sox old-timers. And now I'm at the dinner, and I'm seated at a large table with Dominic DiMaggio, who had done my show. Yeah. Because he had written a book about 1941 and the incredible experience of playing center field in Boston beside uh, Ted Williams to his right, who was in left field. Dominic was in center, and he would get re- he would get relayed to him. This is a story that Dominic told when he did my show. Uh, the guy in the scoreboard in Fenway Park, that scoreboard, that green monster. I want you to know it talks. <laughs> and so, the, so this guy would yell out to Dom. He'd go, Joe just got a hit in the fourth inning in New York. And Dom would yell, hey, Teddy, Teddy, Joe got a hit in the fourth inning, and he extended his streak. So I'm at the table, and, and Dominic was just such a sweet and wonderful man. And he, after dinner is over, he says, stand up. And I stand up, and he takes me literally by the hand, and he brings me over to Ted's table. And I'm shaking because this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't just a great baseball player. This is a great patriot. This is as John he, John Glenn was his his commander in Korea oh when wow. flew, and and he said that that Ted Williams was the greatest fighter pilot he had ever been with. Kurt Gowdy was on my show and said that he was the greatest fisherman he ever saw. <laughs> he was the greatest hitter you ever saw. This guy was larger than life. So Dom walks me over. He's hold, I'm holding his hand, and he goes, Teddy, I'd like you to meet Eddie Randall. He's up from New York. He does this television show called Ed Randall's Talking Baseball. I was on it. He does a really nice job, and I just wanted him to meet you. And I said, Mr. Williams, it's nice to meet you. And, and Teddy, Ted Williams looks up at this kid from the Bronx and goes, Eddie, he used to bellow when he spoke. He didn't talk. Eddie, the fact that Dommy likes you, that's a lot of hits in your favor. And I thought to myself, this is exactly the way this guy would speak. He would talk in baseball jargon. Nobody has ever thought in my life to say to me, Eddie, that's a lot of hits in your favor. That's and then cool. a few months later, uh, in San Diego, California, side of the All-Star Fan Fest in 1992, just prior to the All-Star Game, Ted Williams did my show. Oh, wow. God, that, oh, you, you had such I, incredible... I, I'm just, I think about it even now. It's 19 years later, and he was most kind and generous. And when I got finished, he put his hand on my, on my leg, and he said, you did a really good job. It meant the world to me. <laughs> now, before, we've only got a few, uh, three, four minutes left, but first, before I let you go, t- tell us where we get the collection. Well, you can get it at uh, TalkingBaseball.net. You can also follow me on Twitter at TW with Ed Randall. And it's uh, it's all the uh, 13 sets are there and available. And 
it is. Uh, I, I hope that uh, I hope that those that purchase it are not just uh, huge baseball fans as uh, as you guys are and I am, but it can even be the casual fan. I didn't want to make it technical, too technical when I did the shows. I didn't want to say to Mike Schmidt, uh, "Hey, Mike, where was that two-two pitch from Don Robinson when you hit the 500th home run in Pittsburgh?" I- I'm not interested in that. I didn't care if they made nine million dollars or two million dollars or they were walk-ons. It didn't matter to me. They all put their uniform pants on one leg at a time, and they all had stories to tell. And one of the greatest compliments I ever got was from a guy who said. My wife and I watch your show here in New York on Madison Square Garden on MSG Network. We watch your show. And i got to tell you something. My wife hates sports, and she hates baseball. But you break it down in such a... In an inclusive way that she loves watching your show. And that is what I hope that we achieve here, that people will take a look and consider purchasing the DVD, understanding that uh, these are timeless interviews that will last forever, and that uh, I wasn't talking uh, at people, I was talking to them. Yeah, it's just a, it's a terrific series, and unfortunately we don't have enough time to, to ask you much more, but I do want to give you, give me 30 seconds on Mickey Mantle. Uh, the fact in 30 seconds on Mickey Mantle. The first time he came in, Mark, uh, he was, you may remember the 500 home run club, uh, video. Mm-hmm. The, the, right. And Mickey was doing the publicity for it. And I got a lead and uh, through uh, Cabin Fever Entertainment, which was part of General Tobacco, which had bankrolled the thing. Mickey comes in, does the show. I'm told one thing. Talk only about the 500 home run club. I do, and Mickey gets in the limousine and tells Greer Johnson, his assistant, you know, we've got to go back and do another show because that guy did what he said he was going to do. <laughs> Nobody ever does that. They always, they always veer off topic, and Mickey Mantle came back in and did two shows, wow. two more that, after that. I'm that, so proud of that. Great stories. We'll have to have you back again to talk about some other sports stories. I mean, I've played baseball, I coach baseball, I watch baseball, and I just love, you know, everything about the, the history of baseball. Not so much these days, but a lot during the time that you did these interviews. So, uh, make sure that everybody that's a, a fan of Major League Baseball and certainly some of the greatest heroes of all time in, in Major League Baseball go to Ed's website. And Ed, give it to us one more time. It's, uh, it's, it's talkingbaseball.net, uh, and the, and you can also follow me on Twitter at TW with Ed Randall. Uh, well, Ed, thank you so much. I hope the, the uh, collection's a great success. I've watched, uh, two of them, the Dodgers and the Yankees, and, and it's just a really terrific series. Thank oh, you so good. much for I taking want, the time. I want to watch them when you're through. Yeah, they're just <laughs> terrific stuff. And Ed, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, and, uh, we hope to talk to you in the future. I look forward to it. I thank you both for your time and your kindness. Thank you hey, so much. We enjoy pleasure. to be with you. Our pleasure, Ed. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Marsha, I want to go out and play now. You know, I just... <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to go out and play and leave early, and i got yeah, some yeah. great topics for when you're gone. All right. Uh, Marsha will have great stuff go- coming ahead. Got a good buy of the week we'll do for you also. And, and when we get back, I'm going to tell you how to get a free Xbox 360. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I think PlayStation Network is up. We'll be right back. This is Marsha Collier, and I'm here with Mark Cohen, and we're on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. 
Attention online sellers. Introducing a great source for high-quality, low-cost merchandise. Genco Marketplace is America's largest wholesale source of store returns and closeout inventory. Our huge volume and variety of products means online sellers can be insured of a steady source of supply. Find electronics, housewares, shoes, apparel, tools, and general merchandise all from one site. Discover the web's one-stop product source you can trust. Pallets for sale are posted to our easy-to-use e-commerce site, GencoMarketplace.com. There you'll find what you need fast and view a detailed list of items in the pallets. No surprises. Genco Marketplace has direct liquidation contracts with America's largest retailers and manufacturers, which means that buyers purchase direct from the source with no middleman markups. Huge variety, low risk, and fast, easy online purchasing. Register for free and begin bidding on loads the same day. Sign up today at GencoMarketplace.com. That's G-E-N-C-O Marketplace.com. Navy Mutual Aid Association has been serving military and their families since 1879, and we've come a long way. Our products include insurance and annuities with no sales commissions or loads to pay. At NavyMutual.org, you may obtain a quote and apply for the insurance right online. Navy Mutual is a nonprofit veteran service organization, not a commercial insurance company. Coverage is available to you and your family if you are serving on active duty or retired from the sea services. NavyMutual.org, insuring those who serve. Introducing NoMoreWebmasters.com. No middleman, no expensive fees to pay. Build your own website choosing from over a 100 templates, even if you've never built a website in your life. Reserve your own domain name for only $7.85 for one year. If you want NoMoreWebmasters.com to host your site, hosting for a basic five-page website is only $4.95 per month. Log on now to NoMoreWebmasters.com, your one-stop shopping on the Internet place. Attention eBay sellers. Are you protecting your feedback ratings? Protect yourself from bidders who abuse the feedback system with bitter warning. Find out before you accept an offer, respond to a message, or even after receiving a bid whether the bidder has a history of leaving negative feedbacks. Regain control over the selling process with bitter warning by knowing your bidder before it's too late. Negative feedbacks can hurt your eBay business on many levels. It reduces your appeal to potential customers, and it reduces revenue from eBay directly by lowering your your monthly seller discount. Use bitter warning to regain the power to protect yourself from these bad apples who will intentionally try to harm or threaten your business. Bitter warning will automatically send you an email alerting you to the potential danger. Learn more at bitterwarning.com. Get a free two-week trial by using promo code WSRadio at bitterwarning.com. Bitter warning, an eBay seller's first line of defense. <laughs> 